0: I often like to ask audiences what they think of two specific words, salesman and salesperson. For salesman, the reactions are almost universally negative, sleazy, slimy. But for salesperson, the reactions are more mixed, some good, some not so good. Why is that? Why when I use the word salesman, it's almost always, whoa, back off. But when I use the word salesperson, which could mean either sex, I get more temperate reactions. Well, you're about to find out in this episode of Game Face Execs, as I interview the founder and president of Utah Women in Sales, here is Lynette Richardson. And with that, I wanna welcome you, Lynette Richardson to Game Face Execs podcast. It has been a long time coming. I've wanted to have you on the show for some time, Lynette, uh, because of the role that you play in sales, because of the role you play in the business community especially in the state of Utah where Game Face resides. And uh, and so welcome. We're glad to have you here.
1: Well, thank you. It's really fun to be here, and I'm excited to uh, join you
0: today. We're going to talk about quite a few things related to uh, sales and women in sales. Now, uh, tell us where in your career path uh, the idea then was hatched to begin uh, Utah Women in Sales. It wasn't that long ago, but perhaps the idea was festering for a number of months or years before that?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's always been a passion of mine to really help women, to get more women onto teams, to get more women into sales, to really help break that barrier down on what women think sales are and, um, how, and to show them how they can be successful in sales and they don't have to be Typical stereotype of what, you know, people think (laughs) a sales rep has to be. Um, So we actually started this two and a half years ago. Well, I guess it's almost three years now. And I have a lot of friends that are women in in different places. And one of my friends, her name's Lori Richardson, no relation. (laughs) She lives in Boston and she runs a women's sales group up there. And she called me. She said, hey, I'm coming down to um, Adobe tomorrow to speak. Are you coming to my event? I was like, I had no idea there was an event there. I didn't even know. And she said, yeah, it's for women and it's sales and women all over uh, Utah that are in sales. It's like, I don't even know how I didn't know this, but yeah, I'm absolutely going to be there. So um, I got a couple of my coworkers over at Lucid and said, hey, let's go. There's some really great speakers. We should do this. So we did. And we went over there and it wasn't, there wasn't very many people there. And I thought, you know, maybe it just wasn't advertised well because I certainly didn't know about it. And Um, but it was great. The content was great. It was really engaging. The speakers were wonderful. So we stayed afterwards and, and uh, we talked with a couple of the speakers and we just said, you know, there's, there's got to be a bigger need for this, for women around here than this. I just think, I wonder what would happen if women really knew that there was an event like this happening. And we thought, why don't we try this out? Why don't, why don't we put together a group and we worked on, you know, what to call it and what we would, what we would be, doing for women, Um, but we just decided, let's just have an event. So it was a few months after that, uh, we reached out as much as we could on social media and people that we knew and invited as many women as we could. Uh, And we had our first kickoff event and we surprisingly had just about 350 women show up. And that's when we knew there is a huge need. And it was one of the most fun evenings I'd ever had. And just meeting all of these women and finding out that all of the companies that they're at. And I was one of the speakers there and, and talked a lot about some of the struggles as a woman in sales and people were, the women were just coming up. It's like, me too, this is so, this is so crazy. I thought I was like not doing it right because they don't do it like all the rest of the sales team. It's like, yeah, you know, it, it, was, it was really interesting to hear all of the comments and feedback. And so it's gone from there. That's, that was our first event and we've grown for the last two and a half, almost three years now.
0: Can you describe for us um, how the organization works, um, how how one participates, how frequently uh, you have events or forums or calls, or um, just if I was a member today, what would it look like for me?
1: Yeah, so before COVID, it was a lot different. We had a lot of um, live events where we would uh, go to different companies, companies would sponsor us and, and it was a good way for women to get to know the companies, the, you know see the offices, really get to know some of the people that work there in the companies. Um, but since COVID's happened, we've had to change and do everything more virtually, uh, which actually has been a really good thing because it's been able to open us up to uh, a bigger audience. So we still want to get back to meeting in person and that will happen, I'm, I'm certain that'll happen soon but not soon enough. (laughs) But right now we're now starting to do uh, webinars and we have started a podcast series and we have, um, we're going to start doing some skill-based training here in the next month, month or two. I think it's in August is when we're launching that. Um, So we're doing a lot of personal development. We're doing a lot of um, just encouraging plus skill-based training. We're also opening up just um, like a get moving type thing, because it's really hard with COVID to get out there and do things. But we want to extend this after COVID to where it's uh, right now, we're just doing mindful Mondays and where we're kind of doing some yoga or some meditations. But we hope to be able to get out and do some bike, not races, really, but you know, just ride for right as the women and maybe for donations and things like that for, for a good cause and maybe five K's or golf tournaments or different things that, that we mm-hmm. could do as a group of women, maybe even pickleball tournaments, you know, who knows what we're going to do, but just to be able to get together and, and be active. So there's a lot of different things, different, uh, different ways that women can join and participate and connect um, everything from personal development to skills. So that, that's what it looks like today. And it's all uh-huh. virtual today. Hopefully not for long. But
0: But not, not the pickleball tournament. That's not virtual, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's not virtual. That's not happening yet. So that's, I want to learn how to play pickleball. So I'm hoping that that's something we can do, (laughs) but we we do have an annual summit, which is really our big, big uh, activity, which um, again may will be virtual again this year. We'll have to see how things are still going later in the fall, but that's a really great, a, a great all day event for women to get together we have a lot of breakout sessions a lot of speakers a lot of um, just great great training there so that's that's coming up in october
0: so a couple of a couple of observations from how you're describing this uh first is that it seems like it's a very much a holistic approach to being a woman in business uh certainly with sales kind of as that as that common denominator but um any any woman in business uh could participate in your activities um and then also someone's level or position within a company is is immaterial, correct? They could be an entry level correct. or they could be a sales leader.
1: Yep, absolutely. So we have a mentorship program as well. And, and we encourage the sales leaders to mix and mingle with those that are newer. Even we have a lot of college students that come or women looking to return to the workforce and don't know how they're going to. Hmm you know get a good career and how they can maybe take care of their kids some of them find themselves single so having mentorship and having some the women that are more senior and, and women of all levels together and mixing and mingling it's it's a really good support network that way so and, and you know everybody's in sales really i mean if you think about it some of us actually hold a quota and that's why we're in sales but we're all negotiating we're all dealing with difficult situations and people that are pushing back and and you know a lot of these skills go beyond just sales So it's great for for all women and men. We have a lot of men that attend our events too.
0: Well, that's what I was going to mention is that uh, you talked about your annual uh, summit and uh, I was able to attend one of the, uh, either the first or the second year, as I recall. I may have been the second year, but I was surprised pleasantly, and yet also a little curious as to why so many men were in attendance so I think I I think I misinterpreted uh, when I signed up. I thought I might just be kind of an outlier, maybe confined to the back row, don't say anything. This is for women, uh, but I I learned it was quite the opposite. It was very inclusive. And can you can you uh, just. Describe for us a little bit more about about the mentality behind that about in, incorporating mm-hmm. men into your events. You have men who are doing speaking uh, speaking engagements with you, training, etc. So, why why is that? Why isn't it women only?
1: Well, we're not. We're certainly not about um, men are awful, women are great. <laughs> you know, it's just it's not that type of a mentality. Our whole purpose is to enhance women, to let them know uh, what they can do and where they win and and how they can win better. But we also want to bridge the gap of how men and women can work together, how they can support each other, how we can build diversified sales teams and understand that there's more than one way to sell and that there's more than one way to reach out to a client to close the deal. Um, By having men included in our groups, we learn from each other. I, I think it really helps the men to understand a little bit more about um, where women can be successful, what our true skills are, and, and it helps women to understand that there's, there's a lot of men out there that really do care, a lot of men out there that want to, to learn and bridge the gap as well. And so uh, we, we find probably 20% of our attendees are men. Uh, we encourage that to be more. We we had a webinar just the other day. It was um, on building um, ERG groups, or that's what the G is, but <laughs> um, employee resource groups. And we had a couple men on there, and they were messaging me. They were like, I think I'm the only guy. It's like, no, you're not the only guy, and we want you here. In fact, we'd love to have you speak up and say something. And when we got towards the end, we opened it up for, for comments. Some of the best back-and-forth comments came when the men spoke out and the women were in a very open, uh, supportive environment and great conversations and really eye-opening for both sides. So really that's how we win is together.
0: Well, I got to commend you for building that kind of culture so early in in the organization on that welcomeness and that uh, sense of inclusiveness. Uh, Even in your early days, I felt it though I, nobody knew me. Uh, our, our company Gameface had <laughs> recently relocated to, uh, to the Utah community. So we were just kind of getting to know people. But you did a fabulous job. You're doing a fabulous job building that kind of organization. So uh, I really admire that. And frankly, I appreciate that. And um, I, in fact, be, before I, I want to ask you a little bit more about some of the differences and some of the some of the commonalities between men and women in sales but before that i uh i'm just really curious what does the future of utah women in sales look like uh if we had a crystal ball and we're looking in you know 2025 what might we see then
1: yeah so our our we found that our group is um really helpful here in utah and we have a lot of women outside of utah that really are looking for this type of support. We have a lot of companies that um, sponsor us that have women in Utah, but also women all over the country, some all over the world. And many of them have asked, can our women outside of Utah be involved? Well, it's hard in a, in a in-person event, but in these virtual events, we've been able to include a lot more women. We've realized that really Utah Women in Sales is gonna be more of a, a national type of a, an organization we'll see groups we've got groups in Colorado and California and uh, New York and Boston and Georgia that are that we're working together with so that we could be one unified group and have uh, women sales groups where we're all doing basically the same thing but we're also localized so that we can support more on a local level Uh, another thing that we're doing is helping women Realize that they can be in sales. So we're working with some of the women that are in shelters, uh, some of the women that have maybe been in um, protective sheltering, or women that are just trying to get their life back and really find out how they can take care of their kids and become independent. So we're we're already starting to work with those women and and getting uh, training, you know, getting them, helping them build a resume, helping them understand um, interview skills, helping them understand really what a sales skill looks like, and and Relating that to like, look, you're negotiating with your teenagers. That's easier, that's harder actually than negotiating with the CEO half the time. <laughs> you're good, you've got these skills. And so getting those women into uh, jobs, because you, you have a lot of women that find themselves single that can't support their kids. But we, we had one woman actually that came out, sorry to go off on these candidates, but we had one woman that came up to us in, in our last summit and she, she said, you know, um, when I first came here, I didn't know what I was gonna do. I found myself single, I had four kids and I was, working a minimum wage job. It's like, I didn't even know how I was going to take care of my kids. You guys encouraged me to get into sales. And she said, I made 150,000 this year oh. while taking care of my kids very well. <laughs> and she just was, it was amazing to see the, the change and the, what she recognized she was capable of. And so really those are the things that I think you'll see us be more of a national. Well, I know you'll see us be more national um, with also a localized feel and also be supporting of, of women um, women that are already in the business, women that are even maybe sales engineers and women that are marketing, women that are related to sales, um, being involved in, and being a little bit more inclusive into bigger groups. And hopefully we have a lot more men that join us and, and we work through building a better community for everyone.
0: Well, Lynette, that story that you just related about the woman who went from minimum wage to 150000 in one year because of sales, because of her obvious skill set. I'm sure she had a lot of natural ability, probably peppered with some great mm-hmm. skills training. Um, boy, that is such a story about how sales can take, can can lift you out of either poverty or even lift you out of uh, what you might consider kind of a dead end job. Uh, and I don't know any other, yeah. or I don't know any other function within a company that can do it as fast as a sales position. If you know how to be good at it, um, that's something yeah. all of us should be proud yeah. of, uh, who are in this, in, in this industry. <laughs> yeah. it, it's um,
1: true. You know, there's, you can work really hard just get a 5% raise every year, or you can go into sales and you can get paid what, for what you do and have that control. So it, it's a really great career for anybody.
0: Yeah. Paid for what you do, paid for what you're worth. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. so exactly. <clears throat> earlier you were talking about the, um, you had mentors, you, you said, I had probably three or four mentors. Uh, your I know the people that you work with at Lucid, who you report to have been very supportive of your efforts in women in sales. Uh, so here's kind of a dichotomy I want you to talk about. Um, help us understand this a little bit from your perspective. And that is that uh, probably in your past, some of those mentors were male, probably the people at Lucid that support your efforts and and um, you know, bless your efforts in women in sales, probably some of them are men. And yet there's also, so they've been supportive and helpful and encouraging. They see, they see your worth and value and they wanna make sure more people have access to it. At the same time, we have perhaps systemically um, a system that, yeah, that's redundant, but we have a, a system that is, perhaps feels like it suppresses women from achieving their, their full potential and giving all that they can to business and to other ventures. So how, how should we interpret that dichotomy? You have some male mentors who've been very impactful, but you've got a system that's largely run by males that seems to be kind of suppressive. So how do, how do you weigh that in your mind?
1: Yeah, I think that's, that's, the question of the day: <laughs> How do you how do you deal with that? I you know it, it is hard because um, I think for years and I it still feels this way. It, for example, if you're in a meeting and you've got you're meeting with a client or any kind of a meeting and you've got three or four men and one woman, um, the men are entitled to be there, and the woman has to earn the respect to be there, earn the right to be there, mm. and she doesn't earn that right until she speaks improves her her ability where the men are just naturally assumed to be the ones that are in charge that are running it i've been in a lot of meetings where it's actually i i am leading the meeting and i have my team there which could be customer support could be sales engineers and they naturally and people don't even realize it's just an unconscious bias we hear that a lot these days but men they naturally go to the men thinking assuming that they're the ones that are in charge and It's just the way it is. And I think we find that even in uh, leadership. I think that a lot of times, because we have so many men that are leading, I think there's a little bit of that, do I dare trust a woman? You know, and if she stands up, she's classified as either too much or not enough. You know, there's just not this, we are entitled to be there just as much as as a man. So there's a lot of proving yourself as a woman um, to get to that point where Uh, it becomes difficult. It's hard because then men are also judging you on how how does this woman fit into what I think is success. And success for years and years and years has been measured off of what men do. Um, This is what makes it a successful executive. And it's these skills and these talents. And unfortunately, women have different skills and talents that don't always measure up to that. And I think there's a lot of reason there why women don't, get selected for these leadership positions. Um, you know, if you did a blind interview where you didn't know if it was a man or a woman, and you looked at the skills and you didn't know if it was a man or a woman, um, the tendency is a lot higher for women to be selected. And so I think there is some, there is some unconscious biases that we all have to realize that we have and work to get over. I think it's getting better, but I really still think, um, that, I, I mean, a woman wants to be there because she's qualified, not just because she's a woman. You want to, she wants to be picked because she is the right fit. But it, it is a little hard when you don't have women in leadership um, making those choices. So it's definitely an uphill battle. It's getting better. And I think it will continue to get better. But um, more men are becoming aware of it. More men are supportive. And, and um, I, I, a lot of my mentors have been men. And a lot of times when they become aware of the situation, it's kind of surprising to them as well. You know, so it's just timing, I think continuing to work together and really uh, try to bridge that gap and hopefully we can get more women into leadership soon.
0: Well, you know, Lynette, just hearing you speak, and I'm sure those who are participating with us right now would agree agree with this that um, I appreciate that your tone, your temperament is not accusatory. It's not you men, you men stink, you, you're keeping us down, but rather you understand that there just may be a huge blind spot that men have when it comes to women in a business setting. And can I make a confession mm-hmm. to you right now? We're, are we ready for this? It's just between you and me, <laughs> Lynette, all right? I'm ready. <laughs> okay, when, when everybody I was, plug yours. <laughs> when I was a young salesperson, I, uh, I went to a, a very large privately held company that was started by a man and wife team. And by the time I had visited them, the, the company was nearly 50 years old. And so they were the patriarch and the matriarch of this private company. They had about 1500 employees. Uh, they were a, a worldwide brand in their particular space. And I was able to go make a sales call to the both of them. I was able to bypass the president and the CEO of the company and just go to them because they were kind of, I don't know what their titles were, but they're basically co-chairs of the board, et cetera. And, yeah. uh, and again, young salesperson, I'd heard all these stories about how the man had invented this product and uh, in, in his in his um, garage back in the, in the 1960s, invented this product, and it just took off and that's what launched their business. So naturally I thought, well, he must he must be the final say in this business. So as I'm sitting in their office together, just the three of us, I'm primarily pointing all of my, my comments and my glances to him, his way. And then I finally went for the ask, right? Even though I hate that term and we could talk about that some other time. But I finally went to, you know, let's, let's do business. And as soon as, I, as, soon as my presentation uh, was completed, you know, you know what he did? They're sitting next to each other. He just points this way. He points to his wife. He didn't say a word. He just pointed to his wife and looked at me like, dude, you don't get it. You don't understand. She's the one you need to be talking to. What I later learned is that when it comes to business affairs, business decisions, it was all her. She was the sales and marketing brains behind this behemoth company, again, within their space. Uh, he was on the technical side. He was on the operations side. And of course, what I bring to the table is, is more on the sales and marketing, the service that we provide. So boy, did I, did I feel stupid, uh, and, but, but I was corrected in a very nice way. And she, just like you, she was very, um, well, she, she was gentle with me. She, she could have beat me <laughs> up, right? But she didn't do that. She just helped me understand that in their business, it's different than what I came in, the preconception I came in with. So um, yeah. I learned a lesson that day. And hopefully I continue to uh, remind myself of that because I think you make a great point just because you walk into a room, if you're the outsider and there's a three or four members of a team from the same organization and one of them is female to assume that she's not the decision maker is a deadly mistake. Yeah. So yeah, you, know, you it, got to really chastise me any further or did I beat myself up? Enough?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it, it's true. And, and you know, I, I think about where she would have been and she's that probably has happened to her multiple times every day. And so it's, it's great that she was very gracious about that. And, you know, I I think that it's, we just have to understand that that's just the way things are. Um, But we don't have to continue to have them be that way. And so I, it's when you have moments like that and you realize, I think we all go through those moments at at some point in our career. And, uh, when you can do that and you can embrace that and learn and grow from that and then realize, okay, I have to think of this a little different. (laughs) That's a, that's a huge moment. So I'm glad you went through that. Congratulations. And you did well.
0: (laughs) And and I've just told, I've just told my audience what a doofus I was, but, um, (laughs) but you know, I also appreciate uh, another, another attribute that you and she both share is humility. Um, Because in order to accept my flaws and, and not beat me up over them, you have to have a sense of humility and compassion. And you use the word gracious. I think those are great descriptors of successful women in business, at least the ones that I like to do business with. And I'd say the same thing about men. (laughs) Now, speaking of that, why are women Mm -hmm. good in sales?
1: That is a great question. And I, I really think over the years, I've thought about this a lot. And we've talked about it a lot. I think there's really a couple attributes that make women um, good and make them natural for a sales position. And a lot of men have the same, same talents and everything. I'm, I'm not saying that men and women have different talents, but I think there's some that women have maybe a little bit more innately um, that make them different, but yet still successful. And I think one of them is the ability to listen. I think that's a really key factor. We, one of the things that we do in sales is go through discovery. And discovery isn't just to get point, from point A to B and find out a couple things. Discovery is really to listen and understand your customer. I mean, if you're listening so that you can get to the next comment that you're gonna make, or you're listening because you're just, I mean, that's like, okay, I'm waiting for you to stop talking so I can talk. And you're not listening to anything they're saying. you know. And then sometimes you'll hear one or two things and, um, you think that that's the answer. It's like, okay, I've got my answer. I know what it is. And you've just scratched the surface. Really listening to understand where someone's coming from is when you get into the deeper part of, of the real need. And that's how you find really where you can be helpful for a company and where you can be helpful for an individual. Uh, it is really, really intrinsic listening. It's deep listening. It's listening to understand. Um, when you do that, you... I, everybody's got this trust bubble around them and sales reps come in all the time. And they bounce right off that trust bubble. But when you really show someone that you care and your intent is sincere and you really do want to help them, you get inside that trust bubble. And I think that all comes from really, really active listening. So that's one thing. Um, can I, can I another stop thing, on that one,
0: okay. Can I yeah, just, absolutely. I want to, I want to challenge you a little bit on that. Not because I think you're wrong, but because I'm trying to better understand. So, um, when I'm with when when I observe a group of women in a social setting, uh, Mm. it seems to me as though when they're socializing, and I know that's different than doing business, it seems to me like sometimes Mm. they're constantly talking over each other. Um, and, and they might say, no, we're just yeah. finishing each other's sentences because we understand each other. That's, a, that's our way of expressing understanding yeah. and empathy, et cetera. Um, usually on the opposite side, when I'm looking at a man, group of men in a social setting, uh, I don't see that kind of um, interruption as much. And yet in a business setting, I think almost the opposite happens in that women, to your point, are very good listeners when you're sitting across the desk or the conference table from them, whereas men may be quiet while the other person is talking, but men are already coming up with their solution, right? They already know, oh, okay, I'm gonna pitch this to you. And you you go keep talking for the next five minutes, I know what I'm gonna say to you when you're done. So (laughs) would you agree with me though that sometimes in a social setting, uh, women are kind of overlapping each other, it seems like the listening is not taking place?
1: hundred percent. And I'm glad you brought that up because listening isn't always silence. Listening is understanding. And so sometimes like when women do that and they're chattering like that, it's because they really are like, oh, I get it. Oh, and then this, and then this, and that's when you're connecting and you're starting to really, you know, this is like, oh yeah. And then, and you hear them talking and finishing these other, other sentences, but that is validating. That is like, I get it. I get it you know and then the other women are like yeah she, yeah exactly she gets it so sometimes listening isn't when when i say listening it's not always with the ears it's with the heart and it's the understanding is the um, mm-hmm. and sometimes that is talking because you're listening yeah yeah it's listening yeah because it's like tell me more about that oh explain and how's this and because i'm talking doesn't mean i'm not listening it means i am intrigued and i want to learn more tell me more you know so silence isn't always listening.
0: Okay, that's helpful. If that makes sense.
1: That's
0: that was, weird, <laughs> so what other, what other traits or attributes do women have that make them really good in sales?
1: Yeah, and so another one is, uh, I always say emotional intelligence. That's kind of um, something that I've just had in my back pocket for years and years and years. And I just, it's finally got a name to it, which is int- emotional intelligence, and Again, when you're talking with someone, um, there a lot of times it's been called woman's intuition, a mother's instinct, that kind of stuff. Uh, I I read a study one time where it said, and I can't remember, what it was like between 7 to 10% of verbal communication, or when a message that someone is giving to you, if someone's telling you something, 7 to 10% of that message is verbal. The other percentage is in actions, the way they're looking, their body language, what they're, you know, you know, pauses in, intonations in their voice. Um, and that, an easy way to see what I'm saying there is I have two, let's say I have lots of kids, but I have, like, I have two kids. They can tell me the same exact sentence. Hey, mom, I want to go over to my friends and I want to do this, 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 whatever it is. And they can say the exact same words and one will be like, okay, sounds great. And the other one's like, uh, what's really going on here? Tell me more about this. Yet they said the exact same words. But because you're watching uh, the actual part of the language and the the emotions and what's really happening, you know there's more behind the story. And and so I think emotional intelligence is to be able to pick up on those cues, to really be able to, you know, am I boring this person? Is this person just rattling off something to get to the end of this conversation so we can be done? Is this person... They really don't want to dig into it because they think I'm just going to get this one answer and then be gone. And they're just not sure that I'm sincere enough to really want to help them. So they're just going to give me the, you know, what's going on here. And you can tell when you have that emotional intelligence and men have this too, but I think women really strongly lean on this um, in, in their interactions with people and and connecting with people. Uh, It's really being able to understand what's behind the words, what's behind the messaging. Um, and, and that really helps you to know more about where you can be helpful and what you can do and or maybe where you need to be where. Um, right. And sometimes it's even, you know, so if a customer goes quiet and silent, you know, if you, if you're, if you've been talking with them, you may know what's going on because you're like, Oh, this is not going the right direction. Where sometimes if you're just not paying attention to that, you're just like, I don't get it. He's not answering my calls. I don't understand. <laughs> you know? So uh, I, I think that's a big, Thing that women that women bring to the table uh, that makes them very successful, and then I would so, say also. Uh, so does I, that mean, If like, you yeah, have a question, <laughs> yeah, I've
0: Got a question on that? Because uh, does that mean yeah. that when I'm in a meeting with a with a, uh, a woman or in a sales situation, that uh, I should be concerned that she's reading right through me?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should be concerned about that. Anytime. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, No, I I just I really think that um, men have it too. I mean, there's been a lot of a lot of really great sales coaches and trainers that, that talk about that. It's a very viable thing. I think women have it a little bit maybe more naturally, because men are focused on different things than women are focused on. And women are a little bit more emotional and more in touch with those emotions, which a lot of times have been perceived as a weakness. And it's not. It's that is probably one of our strongest powers is our emotion. And men have sometimes a little hard time being in touch with those emotions, yet they have them. And and when they can open up and, and really become more in touch with that part of them, they, they have that same ability and that it's just, it's just a different. I mean, we are obviously more emotional than men are and we kind of express that a little bit more open. And, and so that, it's a little more natural for us.
0: Well, beyond I what you've I would say
1: that's better for one or the other, but you know, it's just the way it is.
0: Well, and beyond what you've shared with us, is there anything else in your observation through your career that you think men definitely should learn from women when they are in the sales or any executive position? Is there something that if we would just get this one thing, we we, we as men could be more successful and more more influential? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I think that the biggest thing that I coach men on whenever I get the opportunity to work with them, it's specifically in sales, is to really get in touch, to understand more, to to be more in touch with your customer, to really be more in touch. There's so much training that's just like, find out what the problem is, three levels of why, dig down, you know, where's their pain? That's a lot of words, unless there's actual feeling behind that and actual sincere desire to do that. So if you're just doing it because you wanna find these keywords, you're not connecting with your customer, you'll get the job done. Obviously, men are very successful in sales. They've been doing it for years and years and years. But women close higher. They have a higher percentage of closing and they close faster. And there's many times where we'll get to the end of, like the end of a quarter, and there's a deal that's not coming through, and a man will reach out, and it's a little different, where most of the time, I have one of the high-level C-level people's cell phone, and I'll text them, because we've built that connection out of sincerity. I really want to know where your pain is, because I really want to help, not just so that I can go back and say, okay, so here's my solution to that. Here's what I do, and you have this canned message, and You know, everybody has to see through what everybody else is trying to say. But when you have that sincere connection with people and they feel it and that trust is built, you can go a long ways. And I think that's one of the things that would really, is really the main factor that I think is, that could help men if you're going to try and be a little bit more like a woman. (laughs) Hopefully that makes
0: sense. I just... Well, you know, and this question may sound like I'm being too strategic. Um, and, And by the way, I think we should... We should pause and just admit that uh, we all tend tend to overgeneralize, right? Men are this way, mm-hmm. women are that way. Yeah. Uh, but, and I'm not saying you're guilty of this. I'm just saying, generally speaking, I think, especially when we have these kind of conversations, it's it's easy to kind of say just to categorize, right? And yeah. We hope our listeners and our viewers know that that's that's not your intent. That's not my intent but we're, we're no. in, in the little time that we have here, we can't dissect every single individual that we've ever talked to or, or worked with yeah. or sold to. But we're, So we're speaking in some generalities, but one of those things, um, one of those generalities that I'm curious about is if I have, um, and again, this is gonna sound overly strategic, but go with me on this. <laughs> okay. If I have okay. a woman on my team, where in the sales process is she going to be my ringer you know if because I've got a team, let's say of six i've got I've got sales, I've got service or or you know client success, I've got a developer, I've got someone uh you know on, the, on again more on the technical side and, and the list of team members goes on. Where in that process do you think um, rob if, if you had if, if you have to assign each of them one task? Again, speaking in generalities, this is where you should assign her.
1: Yeah. Um, and again, yeah, generalities is, is, is definitely speaking there. I think if you were going to assign a woman and you were only going to give her one task, mm-hmm. I believe that would probably be, I mean, there's it's hard to say, but I think right back where I've been saying is that building that strong relationship with the customer. I think that that's probably probably the best strength um when you have that strong relationship closing is easier maintaining a customer is easier all the other steps are easier once you have that so i i think that that would you know and men and women are both equally really good at this and i'd say you need them you need men and women in all stages but that's probably one where i would say if, if i if i had a multi-million dollar deal and I had to pick four people and they could only do one thing, I'd probably put the woman on the relationship.
0: That's fair. Yeah. It's, it's an unfair question, but you gave a fair answer. So. <laughs> okay.
1: okay. <laughs> and it's hard. And, and I agree with you on the uh, biases and stuff. I don't want to come across like, oh, men do this and women do this. Oh, I've been yeah. really trying to speak generalities because I don't believe that at all. I believe we're all equally really good. We just do some things differently.
0: So. Absolutely. And they're
1: both right. There's nothing wrong or right. It's just different.
0: Let me ask you too, um, I wanna talk the, about the difference between uh, what we might call a transactional sale and what we might call an enterprise sale, okay? Those are, I'm just using those terms for my sake. Uh, so a transactional is, you know, it's maybe an inside salesperson, um, maybe they, they receive inbound inquiries, and they're expected after 10 to 15 minutes to get the order, okay? Mm-hmm. Literally, it's a 15 minute sales cycle. An enterprise sales or SaaS like, like you sold throughout your career, it could be a 12 month, eight, 12, 15, 16 month period, right? Maybe longer. Um, what are some of the characteristics that generally speaking, you're finding that women have that make them effective in each of those two type of sales in the transactional and the longer term enterprise sale? Yeah, so
1: I think in the transactional sale, cell- women are going to lean on their teaching ability to um, take a complicated process, make it very simple and understandable because you don't have a lot of time. You You can't really spend months and months on this, but someone needs to get this fast. And I think women have a very strong ability to take a complicated process and simplify it and make it understandable. And I think that's where women can win in the transactional type sales Um, because when customers get it, they buy it, (laughs) you know, it's just, it's simple Um, in the long process of sales. uh, Again, women, I think not only building the relationship, uh, but also expanding that relationship out to many people in the organization. So when you're working on an enterprise deal, there's a lot of people that are involved into that, not just the one person you're talking to um, across different, divisions in the company and people that are above this person and below this person you're working with. So you have multiple people that you're going to be needing to pull in and, and build a relationship with, and also build that trust with and um, help them to understand. Again, your, your, teaching and talents go very well there, but um, painting the picture up front early so that we all know where we're going to. We're not doing this eight to 12 month process just so that we can hang out and be buddies at the end. We're closing a deal. And we're gonna close a deal that's gonna help you and to guide them and continually keep on top of that and keep that forefront in their minds and bring everybody in together. So you have you have a group of people. This is a team now. There's a whole bunch of you from your side and there's a few of us from our side and we're doing this as a team and we're gonna make this happen. Um, kind of the rally of the troops type thing um, a, and clear vision. I, I think those are some of the things that women do very, very well in the enterprise level.
0: That's very helpful. Um, <clears throat> let's turn the tables a little bit. What that's, should women, what should women learn from men about selling?
1: That's, that's a good question. Cause everything we learn from, from about sales really starts from, Men, because they've been doing it successfully, and the the majority of the sales reps are men, so we've learned a lot from men. Um, I would think that's a good question. I think, I think, really, what women can learn from men more is maybe not even so much in sales, but in the office, Um, like when you're working with your sales team. You know, there's a we'll be in groups where there's very few of us, and you know, men are never afraid to speak out and say their mind and throw their opinion out, and they don't care if you say that that's a dumb idea. <laughs> they mm-hmm. just—it's like, okay, where women feel that uh, I've already—I'm already seen as not enough. I'm weaker, and if I say something stupid, then they're really going to think I'm bad. And so, women don't tend to be as vocal or speak out. Or, you know, I think we can learn that from men. We need to speak up. We need to let our voices be heard and our opinion matter and be part of that conversation and and be really um, be part of the team and be more vocal. I think that's something that we can learn from men a lot, especially in the workplace. Um, I I think that, and I I hate to say this, but because I really don't know how to explain this in a really short period of time, but uh, maybe understanding our emotions a little bit more. And realizing that our emotions aren't weaknesses, our emotions are, are strengths. But I mean, there's there's times when you get really frustrated and angry, and sometimes even to the point of almost rage in the office. And men will handle that with you know maybe some aggression, maybe some yelling, and that's not always something to do. But women then end up getting emotional, and you know I've I've cried in the office, and I'll admit it. And then I get so mad at myself afterwards. It's like why can't I control that? Why can't I control that? And I think. I think that there's a, a happy medium where we all learn to handle our emotions a little bit better and in the office, but maybe just realize taking a lesson from men that it's not a personal attack. Maybe sometimes mm-hmm. um, it, it always feels that way a little bit. And, and that's probably, you know, maybe letting things roll off your back a little bit more. Um, and, and again, this is really generalized that, you know, I, I, only because I think why, what brings me to that point where I cry? Because that's, that's the worst thing I do in the office, and it's very rare, and I've never cried with a difficult <laughs> negotiation with a customer ever but it's more because I guess I have an emotional connection with my coworkers and my bosses and i I have a very I'm very passionate about my job, and when something comes at me that's wrong or offensive or not fair, you know it pushes that emotion, and the emotional trigger for a man and a woman are different um, but maybe Maybe how can I address that at an earlier stage so that I don't get to that point? How do men, how do men just let that roll off their back? And that'd be something (laughs) that would be nice to to learn. I think we could learn that from men a little bit.
0: You know, Um, you're right. That is uh, such a fascinating topic that probably requires a whole, a whole new interview just over that. (laughs) However, um, I, I think though that if women believe by showing their emotion, <clears throat> they're showing a weakness. Uh, I would just say that's not the way I view it as a man. I don't see it as a weakness. Mm-hmm. In fact, sometimes I, if, I'm a, if I'm a quote typical man, I might think that the woman is, is showing emotion because at home, when a woman shows emotion, the man might think, okay, you know, this conversation's over, she wins, I'm going to walk away. And so when a man sees that in the office, he might think the same thing. Okay, this is her, this is her last chip that she's playing to win this, this argument. And so I'm supposed to just uh, <clears throat> you know, throw my hands up in the air and, and say that she's right. But I don't think that's what the woman's intent is. Mm-hmm. It's not to win an argument. No. It's just like you said, she's so, she's vested in it. She's vested in the relationship. She may be frustrated that she doesn't know how to communicate uh, what she's thinking right now or, or because she feels the other person's not listening, all these other things that could be happening. But I would not mind it if a woman is emotional. I don't mind that at all. I think it would be also appropriate and helpful if she explained to me, look, I'm not getting emotional because I'm trying to win through tears. I'm, I'm simply getting emotional because it's the way I'm made. And I know that my emotion and my, my strong feelings about this issue are no greater than yours. It's just that this is how it comes out. In you, it might come out by yelling or pounding your fist on the desk. With me, it just happens to come out through my eyeballs, right? I mean, I just yeah. think... <laughs> exactly. Expression. Right. It's just an honest expression. And when I, if I heard mm-hmm. that, I would not think that she's, quote, trying to manipulate me. I would just understand we're made differently. Yeah. So am I, am, I off, yeah. am, I, am I off on this, Lynette? Am I understanding this?
1: No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. We, you know, because I think when a woman gets to that point, she is so heavily invested that it's not time to quit. It's time to maybe realize, it, it, okay, we need to take this down a notch so we can finish talking about this. Hmm. So it's not becoming such an, a hot emotional topic, and it becomes more of a, okay, let's bring this back down but we need to continue talking through this because there's nothing worse than just walking away. Cause then it's just like, Oh great. Now he doesn't even think of me as a, a reasonable person. Now I'm just this idiot that just cried in the office. And I, I think if you ask women, what's the worst thing you can do in the office, you would probably hear that more than anything is crying in the office, you know? <laughs> so it's the thing that we hate the most, but really it's not, you know, if a, a man picked something up and threw it across the wall, you wouldn't, you know, you would know how emotionally invested he is in this and how we need to bring this down, but we need to continue to talk to it. And I'm not saying that women are doing that, but it's just a real strong reaction an emotional reaction um, because we're so invested in, in what we're talking about at the moment. And we do need to continue that conversation. Maybe take a drink and just calm it back down, but then continue the conversation. You know, it's just, yeah. And, I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's something that, we can work through, but I I really don't know what the answer is on that one, but we could certainly learn, you know, maybe a little bit more of uh, resolving things inside the office that way.
0: Well, it feels to me like it's just about communicating. It's about about helping the other person understand what the genesis of that emotion is. Just as a man needs to do the same thing, if he throws a temper tantrum, right? And if he starts yelling and smashing things, because we, we've all had that, you know, that stereotype of a man, a man boss who you know, boy, you don't want to go into his office and have him shut the door, because you know, if, once you start yeah. hearing, hearing yelling, you know you're in trouble, and we're all going to have a bad day that day. Um, so that's his way of, of expressing emotion. It's not the right way of doing it. Um, so I think if, if both uh, men and women could just be more communicative about what's behind the emotion. Um, but I would just say to you, Lynette, yeah. take it for what it's worth, I'm just one guy, but I do not see crying in the office if that happens, I do not see that as a weakness, I see it as a strength because of that connection that that person has to our common goal and, uh, and they feel passionately about it and, they, and they're serious about it. And so, and, and she just may need to remind her boss of that very point. Um, so uh, let, let yeah. me ask you on a related question, if I may. Sure. Uh, we may have some, we may have some uh, women, young women uh, in particular, who are listening to this right now who are troubled by the environment in, in their office right now, or they have a boss, a manager that they just don't feel they're connecting with. Um, and let's, let's uh, say that chances are that boss could be, um, is a man. What is the best way for a young female professional to approach an older, um, manager, male manager, uh, when, uh, when you have that dynamic going on?
1: Yeah, it, that is a hard one. Um, and I've had, I've had many of those situations myself and, and, it really is a difficult one to know how to do, but I think the best thing to do is to say, you know, I'd, I'd really like to have some time to talk. If you could get me on your schedule, let's go somewhere where we can have a talk privately. You know, you don't want to have it on the floor. You don't want to have it in front of a bunch of people. Um, and whether he's open to it or not, you need to tell him, when you do this or when you say this, it makes me feel this way. It takes away from my ability to do what I do best and it, it stops me from performing at hundred percent. And I would really, you know, I would really like to talk about how we could work through this because um, you want me to be at my best and I want to be at my best that this type of interaction between us actually shuts me down. And, and I just want you to know that I really do want to succeed. Can we talk about ways that we could work through some of this, you know, I I mean, it's, it's hard. And especially if you're really junior and and the man's very senior, but I honestly believe that the majority of men would realize it's like, wow, I didn't realize you're right. You know, I I really think that a lot of men don't, you know, it's just because the guys that they talk to oftentimes aren't going to be as emotional and so even though they are still hurt and they're still beat down maybe it's not as obvious. They'll go home and they'll have that that time where they're just like I'm the worst. I I'm terrible. I can't believe it. But a woman is going to feel that a little bit more. And so more um in the moment I guess you might say. So having that conversation, I think it not only benefits the women on the team but also the men because I think that that person that type of personality type is doing it to everyone and making them aware and maybe working together to get through this is great. Now, if if you're dealing with someone that then is just like not accepting this, I guess sometimes in those situations, you need to go to an advocate inside the company. Um, There's got to be someone else that is maybe in management or oftentimes, I mean, I hate to run to HR because that just seems like you're I don't know, I just don't wanna always be thinking, oh, the first thing you do is run to HR. No, you try to work things out. You really do try to work things out. You try to understand uh, where you can support each other and work together. But there are those times when when you'll get a boss that's just not receptive to that at all. And at that point in time, you do have to find another advocate within the company. Um, People quit their bosses most of the time, not their jobs. So I think it's really important for bosses to remember that too, that uh, we need to work together and, and support the different personality types and different lifestyles and different people and emotions and thoughts and feelings and, and uh, recognize that we want to be supportive, not destructive. So.
0: Lynette, that's great advice. Wise advice. Uh, is it any different your advice if the scenario was female junior executive with a female senior executive that they're just not connecting with? Is it the same advice that you would give in that scenario? It,
1: yeah, exactly the same advice. Um, because I, it's just, it, it isn't really a man or a woman being in that position. Um, it, or the man or the woman uh, on the receiving end of that. But what's going to, it's just a personality type and a, and a manager, manage, management style, I guess you might say. And so whether it's a man or a woman, you still have that same conversation. And um, it makes you stronger and better, especially as a woman, to take the lead in this. Because really, this is where you step up and you now become a leader. Mm. And it's scary and it's hard. But these are the steps that you take that make you grow and make you make it better for everybody else. And and women mistreat and don't really think about stuff sometimes. And, and so do men. It's, it's not... It's not one or you know all the women managers are great and all the men are terrible. It's not that at all. You have great managers that are both men and women, and there are times when you compl- have conflict. Um, and then you also need to maybe ask what else you could do to help improve. You know what do you recommendations? But you have to be open to those things and, and just really address it. Don't let it go on and fester and, and get worse and worse and worse because what's going to happen is you're you're going to quit or you're going to get fired. I, if you address it early, it's better for everybody.
0: Um, what I'm hearing so much in, in this conversation, uh, when that is the, the idea that has been proven that for a team to be successful, you need to have diverse opinions, diverse skills, backgrounds, um, personalities. It's true in sports, you know, in basketball, we have the starting five, each of them have a very distinct role. Uh, And in the sales team, it's the same way. If you have just a bunch of clones of the boss, you're probably gonna miss a large part of your market, right? Because not everyone's gonna relate to your boss and his or her style. So, Mm -hmm. populating your team with that kind of diversity of thought, background, temperament, skill set, that sounds like the way to go. And so, I guess I'm pleading with those who are listening and watching this, who are in positions of responsibility, who make these hiring decisions. When we talk about diversity, um, it's it's not just to be a politically correct term and to say that we can check uh, our corporate social responsibility box, but it's because it makes us better. It makes us a more well-rounded team. And boy, hearing you speak, I can tell you, uh, I, I, I hope that more people see that we need to get women in sales because it's good for them, it's good for their families, it's good for our customers and clients, and yes, it's good for our own organization. Um, I, I'm gonna give you the, the final word on that. Any 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 last thoughts or advice you would give us?
1: Yeah, I, I really believe that 100% what you're saying, don't, don't try to get a diverse team just because they're diverse but open up and and realize that there's a lot of skill and there's a lot of talent that doesn't do it cookie cutter like you do. You know, <laughs> there's a lot of different ways to be successful. There's not just one right and one wrong. There's some proven solid facts that, are, that do resonate consistently. And there's just some true sales skills and talents that have to be there. But there's so many different things and so many different ways of doing things. And you're not gonna get that unless you, unless you open up and realize that having different people with different thoughts and different ideas and different backgrounds um, really brings more. It makes all of us grow when we learn from each other. I mean, I don't wanna keep talking with someone that thinks exactly the way I do, that gets boring. I wanna learn from people that have different thoughts. And then bouncing them around together is how we learn and we pick up, oh, I like what she said and I like what he thought. And then maybe I'll put these together and this becomes some of my best power. But you only learn that by being around people that are different from you. And that's how we grow. That's how we become stronger. And that's how we really become the best company and the best team is when we really are open to that. So, um, and, I, and I'm going to say it over and over and over again. Don't hire a woman just to hire a woman. We don't want that. Hire us because we're the best candidate. That's why you hire. But you need to, you need to look at the women and look for that talent and, you, and anybody. You need to look outside of people that look like you and think like you and act like you, whoever you are, that there's, there's more out there. And be, be accepting to all people in all,
0: all forms of success. So much to think about. Um, And uh, you you remind me in this, your last comment about when I received or was hired into my first full-time sales job, eventually the boss told me the reason why he hired me is because I was different than everybody else on the team. He thought he was taking a big risk with me. And he he was, because I didn't know much about sales. But because I was bringing something different to the table, um, apparently, it enriched the team and made us better. So you've really, you've really uh, opened up my mind a lot today, Lynette, with your advice, your counsel, your experience. You have great insights, uh, and you've also reaffirmed things that I have that I have tried to think and you know and live throughout my career. So I thank you for that. Um, we wish you uh, certainly in your role at Lucid Software. We wish you tremendous success as as you continue to build your career, which is uh, sterling as it is, and, uh, and also with Women in Sales, the organization that you lead. Thank you for having the vision to, to organize this, uh, this, uh, this group of Women in Sales. Uh, thank you for being so inclusive. Uh, and uh, congratulations on the influence that you're having in the local community and now the influence you're having nationally. Um, I, I continue to, uh, I'll look forward to continued association with you and the organization and all of your members. So thank you, Lynette, for your time today.
1: Yep, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Love having these conversations and uh, hopefully anybody that has questions, feel free to reach out to me. I'm always open to um, meet new people and hear new ideas and it, it's really been great. So thank you for having
0: me today. All right. Thank you. Thanks for being a part of this episode of Game Face Execs. If you found any of it useful or helpful, please rate or like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. I always appreciate you referring us to others as well. I'll see you next week. Until then, persuade, influence, inspire.